On this week's show, promotion secured and now getting ready for a crack at the Scaffold Premier Division. We hear from Stansfield Joint Manager Billy Hamlin. People knew that we was, we was at it and we was going to be hard to beat and yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic achievement. It's playoff time in the Isthmian League next week. Tommy Warrillow is hoping to lead Ashford into the Isthmian Premier. This is the chance that we don't want to throw away. We've worked hard for this and you know, there's, there's two massive games coming up. 400 goals in senior football. Andy Constable, legend of local football, tells us all about that 400th strike and how he's managed to play on until he's 43. I mean, it is difficult. It's, it's very painful, but um, yeah, it's, it's nice to finally get there. And off the bottom, after a miraculous comeback, Warren Feeney discusses Welling's point at Eastbourne Borough. As a player, I responded to, to managers, you know, having a go at me and I thought today that the first half performance wasn't acceptable. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. What a week it's been with ups, downs, comebacks, big derbies, landmark goals and loads more besides. We're going to cover as much of it as we can over the next hour or so with three interviews that we hope you will enjoy along the way. I'm John Phipps, who went fairly crazy on knockoff Easter eggs at a well-known supermarket on Monday. And on the line now is a man who last week pointed out just how few of Dover's games he'd missed this season only to then go and miss just their second win. It is, of course, Matt Jarrod. How is life on no points, my friend? It's living the dream, mate. It's like August again. You know, we're there in August. The optimism. Start the season on no, no zero points, and that's where we are now. More importantly, what spot were the price of the Easter eggs? Half price. Right. So I went up there on Monday. I had to go to the shop for other reasons, and, and on the list that I had was Easter stuff, because we don't tend to buy each other a lot of... Well, we don't buy each other Easter stuff anyway, um, but we don't tend to buy a lot before in the build-up because a couple of years ago, it was incredible. We got every Easter egg you could want, like really, really cheap. Um, so we went up there on on Monday and they had aisles of the things. I was like, this is amazing. So I, I, I took my time. I spent £20 and 40p just on Easter stuff. It was all half price. So I got the, um, the big uh, Cadbury's fruit and nut one uh, that was £12. Got that for £6. Did the same with the Kit Kat, salted caramel, popcorn, £6. And then I got some little ones as well. Oh, Easter, Easter Arama, fantastic. You're, you're a big chocolate man, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a real sweet tooth. I, I Yeah. Haley's more for crisps, um, but I am chocolate, chocolate, oh, chocolate. I, 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 I almost have a bit of a binging problem with chocolate because I just eat it and, and I love it. And uh, I, I mean, you know, you don't get to be this bulk without eating a fair amount of chocolate. Well, 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 good. You know, I love a yellow ticket, mate. I do, you know, and the yellow tickets are now even getting onto the news because the cost of everything else is just so ridiculous. So uh, there you go. So yellow ticket it up, mate. Exactly. And you can't beat it. And, and yeah, there have been lots of things about it at the moment. And I do always still look whenever I go. Uh, a friend of ours uh, who is uh, is actually leaving Eastbourne this weekend, but he's a big fan of it. He even knows what time they go out and do the reductions in every single shop because he works in the shopping centre in town. And he's like, right, well, I know what time I can. If if I go there at four o'clock, I'll be fine. If I go there, it'll be it'll be the best time to go and get something. He once he once went for a dinner party at his house, and uh, he was charged with doing the dessert, and he brought a whole birthday cake that he paid one pound fifty for. I'd love to know what the people's biggest bargains they've got are, because you know, I think if it's half price, I'm thinking yes, I'm in. But you can probably get something that's eight quid for about fifty p if you if you time it right. I've had a few half decent ones. I once got a, a six pound pizza for 99p. Good, that's um, a bargain. And another time I got a load of fresh pasta um, out the fridge uh, in 
in a shop and I think I, it was I think it was like something like two pounds worth and I got it for 10p or something like that so you know I, I've had some I've had some good bargains in the day it used to be a thing when I used to work in Tunbridge Wells we used to go uh, at, at the prime time and just as they were closing and they were literally giving the stuff away so we used to go in there every day and come home with a massive haul so can't beat it I, can know, you? I know somebody works at marks and spencers and i won't give any name and at the end of the day he works at the weekend he's a weekend job that they're, they're piled up for staff to take yep like so, okay and in this day and age when we when you, when you need you know i'm looking at my finances the cost of electricity the cost of everything cost of like you know, put good luck to people who make bargains, and people look put uh, look at people down the nose of getting bargains. But I'm a yellow sticker man till as much as I can. So in this day and age, get what you can, really. I'll tell you what, as well. We, we, oh, one thing I'm really conscious about is is you, uh, best before dates because that's when they start knocking the stuff down. But you can eat stuff way after that. Not everything, but just just don't just go by the numbers. Go by the actual what it looks like, what it smells like. If it looks and smells fine. And it should be all right. I should hasten to add, uh, I do run a business where hospitality is involved and we do not use anything for the business uh, that's past its, its date. But down, downstairs for us, you know, we always have done because if it looks all right, it smells all right, it's going to cook up all right as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go, go for it, mate. So any, any tips on the yellow stickers, anybody out there, please let us know because before the pandemic, I used to live at these superstores straight after work. I go in. I haven't really done it since, but I need to get back on it because... There's nothing better than an absolute bargain at these places. No, and just one final thing, obviously food banks, everything like that. We yeah. we had some um we had some tomato ketchup sachets upstairs in the B and B. Perfectly fine. All went out of date. So we offered them to the to the food bank and they said no, we can't have them. And that's part of the problem. They would rather see stuff go in the bin because they're not allowed to give it away because it's got a, a date on it that, you know, after one day afterwards, that stuff would have been absolutely fine we could easily have given it to someone who would have really got some use out of it. And I think it's shocking. There you go. Apart from that, everything else, good for you. Good long weekend. I suppose nice weather down these East Lovely weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, but I was working, wasn't I? Oh, right. Long weekends aren't a thing if you, if you work in hospitality, mate. It's just, oh, it's just good. another day. So anyway, before we go on with the rest of the show, here's something for you all. Uh, after our discussion last week about me winning on the Grand National, thanks to Paddy Power, they have been in touch. And we've got four free £50 bets to give away to listeners of the show. Let's, that is right. £50 to bet on whatever you want on us. Now, to be in with a shout of winning one of these four free £50 bets, all you have to do is direct message us on Twitter at KentNL Podcast or use Facebook Messenger, Kent Nonny Podcast, and tell us how many goals you think there will be in the 10 Southern Counties East League Premier Division games on Saturday, which is the final day of the season. Now, the four closest winners to the final total will win the free bets. And if there's a tie, we will do a draw to determine who the winners are. So get your thinking caps on, get your guesses in by 2.55pm on Saturday. That's how many goals will there be in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division on Saturday. Ten matches. Uh, get your entries in, direct messages on Twitter or find us on Facebook Messenger. And good luck, everybody. And we will let the winners know. Well, Paddy Powell will let the winners know, I'm sure, as well. But we will let, we will announce the winners uh, on next week's show. So good luck, everyone. Uh, and I, I hope that, well, thank you to Paddy Powell for, for letting us have these bets as well, Matt. Yeah, you've got to have a Paddy Power account. So that's what it over. Once you do win, you have to give us your Paddy Power account name. But I'm sure we will go over that again and on social media. John will in the thing. But Paddy Power, we've got a, 
that was a bit of out of the blue, but thank you for Paddy Power for £50 bets. You can do whatever you want. You could bet David to win at Chesterfield at 20 to 1. You could be a thousand pounds richer. We well, couldn't. You couldn't because David, the bet wouldn't have gone through. But maybe Wrexham next week because uh, uh, Notts County next week, that'll be about 20 to 1 at home. So you could be a thousand pounds richer if Dover win a game and you get this. So there you go. £50 free bet. Please bet responsibly. That's the disclaimer. Yes, do bet responsibly. And I'd suggest uh, betting on Dover to win anything, probably steer clear. Anyway, that's not for us to, to judge. But yes, gamble responsibly, et cetera, et cetera. But a great opportunity uh, to get £50 free bet. So uh, yeah, get your entries in. It's our 212th episode this week. And that led me to a song called 212 by Azealia Banks featuring Lazy J. Now I listened to it. It was very, very highly rated. I, I don't understand uh, why. Uh, I'd never even heard it before. Uh, but given the lyrics, I'm very much going to recommend that you do not listen to it, especially if you are around younger ears. Uh, 212 is also the number to dial in Morocco uh, and the boiling point of seawater in Fahrenheit. Now, when the sea starts boiling, I think it may be a little bit too late to worry about global warming. Uh, right, on with the show then. And I'll be honest, I really had no idea where to start this week. So in the end, I went online to commentpicker.com. I stuck in the options and the winner was the Southern Counties East League Division 1. Now, it was while we were recording last week's show that Stansfeld's promotion was confirmed. And on Monday, they got their hands on the trophy following their 1-0 win over Meridian VP. Although they did lose for just the fourth time this season on Good Friday. Having reached the last 16 of the FA Vars 2, it's been a phenomenal season for Stansfield. And on Tuesday, I spoke to joint manager Billy Hamlin about their success. Yeah, unbelievable, mate. Unbelievable. I don't think anyone's expecting it. Um, beginning of the season, you know, we'll always have a go, but we just going to shout our mouth off like some teams. Well, they going to do it's going to do that. We didn't do that. Um, we've had a lot of our people this season. A lot of our people, to be honest with you. A lot of things thrown against us Simply and true and activations flying here, there and everywhere. Um, but I think a lot of it's jealousy, mate, to be honest with you. Because once we got a roll, people knew that we was we was at it and we was going to be hard to beat. And yeah, yeah it's uh, a fantastic achievement. Uh, I've just read that you've had two 12-match unbeaten runs this season. So that shows us there's some great spirit in your team. Oh, yeah, that's what's, that's what's wanted for us. Spirit's wanted for us. Um, like I say, a few injustices against us and that really drove our changing room on really when we needed that extra lift you know we they reminded the boys about a few things and it really pushed us on and to be fair you know Fabersham the other week no disrespect to Fabersham they worked really hard because they needed a, needed a point I think to stay up but you know we had about five or six we rested about five or six that day and there was a few of the boys who coming back from injury and Adam played week before we give them a few a, a, a few minutes so to be honest with you you know we probably could have extended them runs but you know it's like once you've won the league we sort of fought the gas a little bit and it's uh it's up to get motivated once you've won it it's uh it's hard to get motivated but you know the players again when we had when we had to pull out all the stops against Garfield and get that point then they uh they certainly turn up that's for sure and it looked like quite a day on Monday when when you got the trophy and everything. It must have been fantastic for you all. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. All the boys are mates. You know, we get people come up to us all the time. How much Eon? How much Eon? We got some. We got some great stories. We hear some great rumours about how much we had some of our players on, and we sit and we laugh. They're mates. That's the reason they've got where they are. There's eighteen of them came to Magaluf in about three, four weeks' time. The end of the season, like. 
or a party celebration by calling what you want. No other team in our league does that. That's why they, that's why we won it because of that togetherness. And as well as the league, you obviously had that brilliant run in the Vars as well. It's just been a dream come true. It has, yeah. It, it, like I say, there's been a lot of upheaval during the season. You know, Jamie's done so well, and, and Mem's come in, Dave Memmi's come in, and helped Jamie out massively. And Joe Minter's done his bit, he's come in, done his coaching, and, and to have uh, Billy Shinner's come back to the club was brilliant. Billy's sort of warm up, um, and he's really stepped up, Bill. And it's, it, yeah, it's their club boys, and they've done it. Done it because they love the club, and like I say, I, I sound like a broken record, but the togetherness of the group and the friendship, that's probably why they, we done so well in the past, because, you know, the boys played against some good teams, and, you know, their, their togetherness and their attitude and their friendship probably got them through some of them games. You've mentioned some of these injustices, and I suppose for you, you, you had a tough time in the middle of the season yourself, and you ended up getting banned. How hard was that for you? Yeah, how do you think it was for me? Pretty tough. You know, I've been at the club all my adult life, and I can't be there, you know, when my boys are getting to the fifth round of the bars. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And the thing is, what makes it even worse, you've got to be careful what I say, but what makes it worse, Joe Minder was standing there that day, Dan Park was standing, Dan Parkinson was standing there that day, and we know what happened. And to go and get the ban that I've got, when, if I've done that right, I hold my hands up and I go, oh, you know what, I've made a mistake now. To not do anything wrong, and to even have the fella from the FA, when we went to appeal, to say to me, if he was in a court on Mr. Hamley, you'd be walking away now, that that's no evidence. He said, unfortunately, he said, the Kent FA go on probability. I've got 140 day down on, on probability. I don't think that's right. And I, personally, I think it's, and it's up for all the other managers out there. You know, if you can yell at what he can, then get one and wear it. Because if they're working on probability, then you've got no chance because it's your word against the referee's word. And if a referee don't like your club or don't like you personally, he can have you over and you've got no chance. But you're over that now, and 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 you're back in, and you're back in. You're looking forward to next season. It's going to be tougher step up, but I bet you're all relishing it. You know, it's a challenge. It's going to be a massive challenge. You're up against teams with probably big budgets, and you know where it's you know where it's a bad John. Like someone can come in to a club, and you think, oh look, we might be able to catch them next year. And someone will come in and go, yeah, I'll bang this two grand a week. So you know, it's always a surprise. You know, there's always surprises. You've got a two thirds of two over at K Sports. There's that run Sheffield. You don't know Sheffield are a different league now. They might help them out. K Sports might be flying next year. I'm sure Rocky Glee will have another go, but. Listen, no one will be fit in us. No one will be fit in us in pre-season. We will work double hard and we'll have a go. That's all we, that's all we can say all the time and it'll take us where it takes us. But we're in the FA Cup next year on merit, not through the luck of the draw. That's a massive achievement for us. Um, every time when we'll get pumped. You know, there will be times when good sides will come and we won't be at it and we might take a bit of a smack in now and again. But we will dust ourselves down and, like I say, the forgiveness and the friendship of the group We'll rally and we'll, we'll have another go and it'll be tough, but we'll, we'll face it head on because we don't know any other way. And just finally, how did you feel on, on Monday when, when the trophy was handed over? Uh, it's, it's, it's not about me, it's not about Jamie. The boys are fantastic, they're actually, you're only as good as your players, but for us as a group, a room, enough she wasn't there unfortunately, but for all the boys on the committee, okay, Daniel Blake, 
John, I hope everyone that see our tumble, lift that trophy, something to live with me forever. And he was, I don't think, he was the proudest man in the world lifting that trophy tumble on, on Monday. And uh, yeah, I think you've only got to look at the pictures and his shots, and you see how much it meant to him. And obviously, seeing how much it means to him makes it even double special for us. Well, what a season for them, Matt. And you can tell how much it meant to them, both from speaking to Billy and the pictures on social media that, that they put out. What, what, what an achievement. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Again, he didn't expect it, what he said from there. You know, we saw them grow as a team, doing so well in the Vars. And they've had a few issues, as Billy alluded to there. Um, again, he was quite open of what went on, um, the situation. You can read more of it online, but yeah. He was, um, he seems a bit of a character, old Billy. Um, but I think he, he's managed that well. He's managed without with the difficulties he's got, and a fantastic achievement. And they'll go next season. And as he said, we might get some whippings, we might cause some shocks, but they've got to that level and they're going to enjoy it next season, I have to say. Yeah, I remember when we spoke to Billy uh, back at, earlier on in the season when they just kind of started, and I remember him saying, well, we just want to keep going. We, we we don't expect to win the league. We just want to keep going and see how far we can go. And they've just been relentless. As I said to him there, 12, two 12-match 12 unbeaten runs is absolutely fantastic. And you know, at any level of football, you've got something about you if, if you're doing that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. If you Again, it's football is about winning. If you get in that habit, and you're a bit on a roll, and he said those those players are, are good friends. You know, there probably was a few arguments if you lose a game, but then we go again, we go again, and they've managed the team very, very well. And clearly, they've been the best side of the division. Only four defeats they lost on Friday. Um, not a prolific goal score compared to some of the teams in um, this division, but I think the, the, the one thing that stands out, John, they've got the best defence as well, which shows resilience and what they've got to win football matches. Well, I think it's it all comes back down to that togetherness, doesn't it, that, that you mentioned there and how, you know, when there's been adversity thrown against them, that they've kind of uh, just just pulled together. And, you know, to be honest, when I was started that phone conversation, I wasn't sure if I was going to ask him about his ban, but he kind of said enough times where well, we've had all this adversity, all this. And I thought, you know, what, I'm just going to ask him and fair play to him uh, for answering that question, because it must have been an awful situation for, for him to go through. And um, I know in the end, he, he did get some of his or part of the, the punishment that he had uh, was was revoked and everything like that. But still, a, a really tough situation. And, and the whys and wherefores of what happened, we're not going to comment on here. But it does just show that there's something about them that despite everything that they've been through and losing their manager for, for such a, or one of their managers for such a long part of the season, that is real adversity. But that they've managed to, to stay strong. And, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, um, they've had their ups and their downs. Um, I think, as he said in there, they didn't really sort of shout out what they're going to do this season. They've just done a job. And again, to me, arguably, John, winning that division is a great achievement. Getting to the Vars where they did at that level, was uh, the teams they beat shows they've got something. And I think that you look back on it, that's probably, to me, it's probably their best achievement where they got in the Vars. Because, you know, not many sides at that level get to the what they did. Again, now they're excited for the FA Cup. Maybe they can be, cause some shocks in that. So, really some um, good times ahead for them. And I'm, I'm delighted for them from there and um, see how they get on next season. Yeah, and, and that step up is an interesting one because obviously we've seen a few teams do it uh, since we've been doing this show. Punjab initially found it quite difficult, but sort of stabilised it. But now, same with Wellington. 
and obviously they've got their issues as well with with stadiums and everything like that. But then Kennington, who we thought would do well anyway, that they have done moderately well in their first season up. So it, I, I think he was pretty much on the money there. You know, it's going to be hard. We're gonna we're not going to win every week. We're, we're probably not going to be right at the very top of the table. But I think that they've got enough about them that they will go up there and they will bloody some noses. And I get the feeling they kind of like that underdogs tag. Yeah, and I think Billy Sands is sort of a manager you you want to work for and. That's that solidity, solidity of the squad they've got with the 18 players going to Magaluf. God, that sounds an absolute party, doesn't it? Um, I'm sure they'll be using that that t- that sort of team spirit to go again. And I'm sure they will bloody some noses and be some big sides. But interesting to see how they get on. I'd like to know the difference between the the levels of the Scaffold Premier and the First Division. Now, is it a little bit with the big boys going out? Is it going to be a, a smaller gap for them to get on with it? So it'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. There was a second promotion place uh, in that division. There will be playoffs next week. Sutton Athletic, Larkfield, New Hive and Snodland Town are guaranteed to be in them. And Tooting Beckwell should secure the final place if they win at home to Forest Hill Park on Saturday with Brydon Ropes two points behind and with a better goal difference. Uh, they are at Faversham Strike Force. It will be second against fifth and third against fourth in the semi-finals in midweek. Uh, so as things stand, Sutton second with 76 points. Lockfield and New Hive, third with 73 and a goal difference, which is three worse than Sutton. Snodland got 71 and the best goal difference of the three of them. Sutton meets Snodland on Saturday, while Lockfield and New Hive are at Lid. The pick of the games on Easter Monday involves Sutton, who scored their 100th goal of the season during an amazing 4-4 draw at FC Elmstead, in which there were two hat-tricks, four penalties. All three of Alex Arif's goals for the home side came from the spot. Uh, but Ali disarms that man, scored his own penalty in stoppage time to complete his hat-trick and earn his side a point. You can check out all the rest of the results uh, from the Easter weekend in, in the first division on the Scaffold website, as well as uh, the fixtures for the final day of the season. Uh, let's stick with playoff news and move on to the Isma League South East, where the top five is now known. But like things too below them, the final order is yet to be decided. Now, Ashford United will finish second, but the order in which Herne Bay, Hayward Heath and Cray Valley finish is still to be confirmed. Ashford, who were beaten 3-1 at Faversham on Monday, know, though, that if they win their semi-final on Tuesday, they will also be at home in the final, which is next Saturday. What better time, then, to speak to Nuts and Bolts boss Tommy Warlow? And we started by talking about that loss at Faversham on Monday. It's one of the enjoy, like I said, I'd swapped it around a little bit because, again, I'm not talking out of school here, but Faversham's pitch ain't the best. Um, and obviously, we was aware of picking up knocks and niggles, but obviously, Saturday was an odd day as well, and... You know, obviously, I've, I mean, I've rested the people that you think, like Friendy and Fanny, who were like in their 30s. Um, we had a few lads that needed some needed some time, but, you know, the team I put out there it was just a case of putting our feet up and um, wanted to go and get a result. But it's a, you know, Faversham's not the easiest place to go and get a result. And, you know, they far deserve the win. They've done the conditions better than us. And I was disappointed with it. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, the worst thing was we picked up a few injuries and had um, Adam Ramadan sent off as well. So that was the, uh, you know, the downside. But, you know, we just got to get on with it now. Hopefully the injuries clear up. We're in Thursday. Um, but if anything could have gone, the day could have gone any worse. Um, I don't think it could have gone Monday because not only did we lose, we picked up a couple of knocks and got a suspension. Yeah, a few people have said about the pitch at Faversham. It's, it's quite the leveller at the moment, isn't it? It's just, listen, mate, I think it's, it's a sort of wrong audience with me because the pitches were like that. And it is bad. It is bad. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying when we played, the pitches were bad and you would turn up and go, of course, it's a little bit rough. 
But nowadays, because everything is either um, 3G and pitches are oh, looked after, you know, I mean, it's no secret, Fabersham, I think this is 80, the 80th game it was played on it. Mm. So it, it was really dry and uh, like a dusty, like a dusty day, but the pitch was just bone hard. But it's the same for both teams. But, you know, if you look at their results against the size at the top at home, they've done well. You know, they've beaten Owen Bay, they've drawn with Hastings, they've beaten us. Um, it's just, you know, it's just one of them. We, we've been playing, you know, that, I think we've been, that's our second loss in 14. So we've been playing not well, but we've just been grinding out results. And that's just one of them places you've got to go to and do the same. And unfortunately, we, we didn't do it. I suppose at least you know now that the only games you're going to play for the rest of the season will be at home, uh, however many it will be. Uh, Whitehawk on Saturday, but then I suppose all attentions are on Tuesday and, and you don't know who you'll be playing. That's that's the difficult bit because obviously if you knew you play, I mean, listen, we all know each other anyway, but um, obviously you can you, know, you can get it looked at anyway, but you know, it's a perma three, isn't it? So it could be any of the three. You know, It could be uh, Urnbay, it could be Awood Z4, it could be... Um, as it is at the moment, Cray Valley. Um, so all, all re- you know, all really, really good sides. So um, it's just a, you know, it's just on the day. I mean, I've been involved in playoffs before. I've uh, been on the receiving end of going out on one on a Tuesday night, um, which is a semi-final, which is, a, which is, you know, worse than because your season finishes on that Tuesday. You know, when you lose the final on the Saturday or win the final on a Saturday. Um, it's it's a it's a different it's a different vibe, but to just finish on a Tuesday bang and then you know to get the boys in Thursday to say goodbye and thank you or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I've been on the end of both, so I know what it's like to lose a playoff and I know what it's like to win a playoff. You know? I suppose people look at it and say you're the favourites because you, you finished second. Are you comfortable with that tag? I, I'm not bothered, mate. Um, all this pressure stuff and whatever, I'm not one that buys into it all. Um, you know, you, you just go and do the best you can on the day. And if it's not good enough, then as long as you give your best, there's not a lot you can do. If you, if you turn up and let yourself down, that's when it becomes annoying and frustrating. But, you know, if you turn up and everyone gives their all, when it's not good enough on the day, you can't ask for much more. But I'm not, you know, I'm not putting pressure on our boys because to be fair to them, I can't remember the last time it was out of the playoff positions. We've been fairly consistent. You know, we've been grinding results out, playing good stuff, playing, like, winning ugly and, and just doing what you've got to do to get out of these leagues. Um, I mean, everyone wants this beautiful passing game of football now, which is fine, but um, there's a time and a place for that. And I don't think it's in the rhyme and style, to be honest. We have these boys once a week. You turn up on pitches like you turned up on Monday and you've got to have a plan B as well as a plan A. Um, so I won't put pressure on the boys. Yeah, we're favourites because we're second, but... You know, don't play like don't play like your favourites then. Obviously, you're an experienced manager. What have you made of the league this year? Obviously, Hastings very good side, but I think all four that are in the playoffs are decent, aren't they? Yeah, do you know what? I've never known a league where you was a betting man. Good luck betting on our league because even the t- even the likes of Lansing, um, Phoenix, you know, the teams down the bottom, um, everyone will tell you they'd give, they'd give you games. Um, you know, I've got you know we've gone to a place yesterday where supposedly you know they were down the bottom and. They've gone on a little run now. I think they've not lost in seven. Um, you just, you know, you just got to try and get some consistency in your game. Um, the one thing we have had all year at our place, we've had a horrendous time of injuries. Um, we've not shattered from the rooftops because it, you know, it sounds like an excuse, but 
they've had some real bad long-term injuries. Um, and again, like we picked up another couple. We just got everyone back. You know, I left two people in the stand on the Saturday, and that's the first time you know we've had that uh, for a while. Um, we've strengthened the squad gut again. Obviously, with the playoffs in mind, then last week at Lance and I only had three subs, and one of them was Lee Hook. The following week, I have a full bench and two sitting on the uh, on the uh, in the stand, and then Monday I have just a full bench, and that's it again. And we lose a couple of players in the game, and we get Adam sent off. So it's uh, you know any, any anyone can beat anyone in this league. It really has been um, a difficult league to call. And it comes to playoffs. Obviously, you've got some experienced heads out there and players who've been there and done it. And I guess you count on them a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not only that they're experienced, but they're still they're still more than capable and good enough at doing a job. Um, you know, I don't care how old people are. If they're, if you're in the in the league that you believe they can compete in and do a job in, you get them in. Um, if you start climbing the leagues, obviously you start looking at the at the individuals. But um, I'm not one of them. You know, I'm not. I'm not we we've got a few youngsters in our side. You know, but we've got obviously Jay May come back Monday. That's his first game for a few months now. Um, you know, we've got Franny in there, we've got Friendy in there, um, but all the rest are sort of like, you know, they're, they're, they're the age of sort of, I think t- the average age would be sort of 23, 24. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're still relatively uh, inexperienced, at, especially as a playoff game. Um, hopefully it's a full house um, at Ashford and that makes a, a difference as well to see how they act in, in front of that. But one thing with the boys, I can't knock them because they've been... You know, they've been consistent all year and we've, we've always been at the right end of the table and always been in and around the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's been what I call a successful year, but unfortunately, we've not won nothing yet. Uh, you mentioned that the fans there, how, how big a part can they play on, on Tuesday in the semi-final? Uh, listen, the fans don't, I think they all really, it's a massive part of it. Um, I mean, our fans are sort of, you know, they're very good. Uh, they back the boys and everything like that. But, um, you know, you go to some away games and there's a bit of hostility towards, you know, when we turn up and, and what have you. So um, if the fans are there and they're banging the drum and making noise, it makes a massive difference. Um, and as you know, it's like anything, you know, uh, it should be nine a full house because it's a massive game for the town. And obviously, we've spoken before about the, the town and Ashford and the club and how it's growing. And it sounds to me like you're still very much going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, you can't. Uh, I mean, again, you know, we've, we've not had no. I don't think they've forgotten, but I haven't. You know, we've not had no football for the last two seasons, so it's been fantastic to get back into it and go through all the emotional ups and downs and you know celebrations and you know criticisms and everything that's involved in it all about opinions um but this year yeah i mean ashford has grown um and i think if we you know hopefully if we can go up and get in the right of creme you know it's a jump up that's uh that again i hope it'll bring a few more people through the turnstiles but we're definitely um we're definitely getting the town more involved than when i first walked through the door and, and just fine, obviously, that the playoffs is is, is a, anything can happen. But what would it mean to you and the club to, to win to win the playoffs? Oh, listen, I'll be delighted for everyone uh, down the club. You know, Ashford is a big club. Um, for me personally, obviously, it's, it's a promotion. But um, you know, obviously, back at Tunbridge, we've had the day where you know we had every emotion going on in that final the four three. Um, I just know that it's a one-off game that you've just got to go and give your all, and the result can be massive for the for the club and for the town. And obviously, you know, for the plan that I first went in and spoke to Don, that we spoke about, you know, we want to try and take this club into the 
up into the conference south level and start building and pushing it on. But unfortunately, we've um, we've been interrupted with um, with a pandemic and we're back in now. So this is a uh, this is the chance that we don't want to throw away. We've worked hard for this, and that's what obviously that's what team talk is to the boys. You don't want to throw you up, throw the season. Away. You know, there's there's two massive games coming up. But firstly, we want to get Saturday out of the way, get no injuries, get some consistency and some you know some positivity in our game going into Tuesday. It's a simple equation for them, Matt. Win two home games, but he knows it's not going to be that simple, is it? They're desperate to get into this in Premier League, though, aren't they? Yeah, it won't be, but Ashford have shown throughout the season when they've got everybody fit, they've probably got the um, the best, second best team in that division. Um, look, the players they've got, the Friends, the Collins, the Matt J Mays, experienced players who've had a decent career above, and Tommy Warlow arguably should be managing in, in, in the league above this as well, should be managing in the, at least in the uh, ESPN Premier Division. So they'll use that to try and get on with it. Home form has been pretty good this season. Gary Lockyer's scoring goals. Um, yep. Yeah, it must be difficult. What does he do on Saturday? Um, does he rest a few players thinking for next week? But again, he doesn't want to go into the players with into the playoffs with on the back of two defeats. So it's a difficult one, but he's he, he's been involved in numerous playoffs throughout his managerial career, Tommy. So he knows what it can and can't, what he should and shouldn't do. So They've had a good season. Um, and, and I remember you seeing them before, John, in the playoffs. They're used to this. Tommy's used to it. And I'm presuming a lot of these players are used to playing that. So pressure on them, probably. They're going to be favourites going into it. But, you know, they're, they're a good side at home. So hopefully um, we're going to get two Kent sides in the final. So um, if they have to play Haywood Heath as it is at the moment, um, that'll be interesting to see if it does. So they'll have to play Craig Valley, wouldn't they? It would, be, it would be them against Cray Valley and, and Herne Bay yeah. against Hayward Teeth. And we know what happened last time Herne Bay played Hayward Teeth. So uh, that'd be yes. interesting. But it, it is interesting for Ashford. And you kind of said that they don't want to go into it on the back of two defeats. But apart from a little blip that they had, what, a couple of months ago, for quite some time now, it's been obvious they're going to finish second. Uh, and and I wonder how that affects you. You know, does it affect the intensity that you've got when you see Hastings running away and getting above uh, and winning the league by a long way and, and then on the flip side of that you've got the teams behind you stuttering and everything like that I wonder if you do lose that little bit of intensity but Tom Warlow is a man who knows what it's all about and, and you know you mentioned the experienced players I mentioned the experienced players but he said they're not just in the team because they're experienced they're in the team because they're very very good players yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it, and it's exciting for, for them and, and you know he, he said there the ambition remains the same we want to get in the National League South well the first stage to that is winning the playoffs this season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, over the last couple of years, they've been, arguably, they've been the most successful Kent side in this division, probably, in the leagues that have been cut off. Um, it, it, it's, it's a good opportunity for them. Um, home game is, is going to be crucial at home, I think. I think they could get a good crowd there. Um, it'd be tough against, if it's going to be Cray Valley as it is now, so we know what Kevin's um, teams can do. Um, a lot of bit, a little bit of pressure on him, I would have thought. But Tommy has got to handle that pressure, and those players got to handle that pressure. But um, he was quite, uh, you know, wasn't shouting from the rooftops in that interview. It was quite a, a consolidated interview, I would say, that he was quite considerate. Let's go for it. Don't get too excited. Don't get too high when you win. Don't get too low when you lose. So yeah, he's he's taking it in his stride because he's probably seen it all before, really, to be honest. 
and a big crowd coming in as well. I expect uh, on on Tuesday night in the in the semi final, and then if they get through to the final as well. And the fans do play a part in these games, and it kind of shows. And we will discuss this later on. But the the value of getting in that second spot because they know it's going to be two home games for them, and and, and therefore they're in the ascendancy. That in their heads from the start, they'll think, well, we're we're where we want to be. This is our pitch. We know this pitch better than anyone else. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the only 3G pitch in the playoffs as well. So everything is pointing at Ashford having the advantage, but you, they've still got to win the games of football. Yeah, they've got to use that advantage to them, as you say. Treat it like a you know a normal home game, not the other side's coming in. Just treat it as a normal game. Just get the results. And one of the things that interesting made what he said in there as well. You know, I don't think he wants to lose that game and then call the players in on the Thursday and there's the you end the season on a bit of a downer, isn't it, from that point of view? So maybe he's had that before, but interesting point there. Make sure we finish this off and then you can enjoy yourself. And arguably, Ashford, with the number of people moving there, if they can advertise, market the club well, they could get some decent gates in the Eastman Premier Division if they did get promoted. Yeah, Herm Bay have obviously secured their playoff place now, Matt. And, and for me, they're the form team at the moment. Cray Valley have been a little bit inconsistent. Hayward Teeth. Uh, likewise, Herne Bay have got the individual players, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And I, I think that uh, ashford Herne Bay final, which it could conceivably be if things stay as they are at the moment, would be an absolute thriller of a game that could potentially go either way. I mean, obviously we'll know this time next week when we record the show, we'll know who's going to be in the final. But I think Herne Bay are the team to, to avoid at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, Ben Smith's done a really good job of picking up results. And you've got, you know, we mentioned the Franny Collins, the Jay Mays. They've got Zach Hanso at this level, you know, can get that goal. It's a tight game. He could be the difference between the two sides. So, remind that Herne Bay and Hayward Heath, that game was abandoned at half time, wasn't it? With with Hayward Heath 1 0 up. It was, yes. And Hayward Heath were then awarded a 1 0 win. Uh, it was all to do with the referee being injured and, and possible replacement for him. And the league sided with Hayward Heath and gave them those three points. And I'd imagine if it were to be Herne Bay against Hayward Heath in the semi-final, uh, pretty much there's not much more motivation that, uh, that Ben Smith and his boys will need uh, in that one. But as I say, we'll we'll know on Saturday who's going to be in the semi-finals. And by the time we record next week's show, we'll know who's going to be in the final. Uh, and I will probably be at one of the semi-finals next week. So we shall uh, have some reaction to that for you. Now, with the playoff spots all decided, it's all eyes on the foot of the table to see who will avoid the drop. Uh, bad weekend for Whitstable, a pair of Easter defeats to Faversham and then heavily, crucially, at Ramsgate on Monday. Still rock bottom with 30 points. They're three behind Lansing and Phoenix Sports. Now, Andy Drury's side host Lansing, but we'll need to win that game to get above Lansing and hope Phoenix lose to Herne Bay and there'll be a seven-goal swing in goal difference. Uh, whatever happens, I think both Whitstable and Phoenix have done so well to take it to the final game from where they were. But the worst case scenario, of course, is that they both go down. Because if Lansing better Phoenix's result, that would be the case. Uh, third bottom should be enough to avoid a relegation playoff, but that won't be confirmed until it's finished. Matt, how do you see it going at the weekend? Yeah, I think he's done a good job. And, you know, I saw they're one and up against Ramsgate, Whitstable, and 6 1. Um, disappointing for Andy Drury. Again, they know if they beat Lansing, they're not going to finish bottom of the table. If they do have to beat them, they're going to have to beat them by, by a considerable goals unless Herne Bay put Phoenix to the sword. Going in their favour, Herne Bay probably want to secure third place, so they're guaranteed a home game, aren't they? So 
on that basis, I'm sure Herne Bay will go out and try as much as they can from which the Royal View against Phoenix. But it's not looking good, John. One of our sides is going to go, I think. Um, who's it going to be? Let's hope it's not both of them. <laughs> which could, it could point it that way, couldn't it? Well, no, it really, it win, really could. And, and, and I think the Bristol win, they will... They should be... They will finish off the bottom, won't they? Yeah. yeah. And then it will be, yeah. So, I yeah, think, it's difficult. You know, it's come right down to the wire now. It has. And I was looking at that result coming in on Monday and, and seeing the goals coming in and, and you just felt for Whitstable because, you know, if they'd lost that game 2-1, they're in a completely different situation to where they are now. But the fact that they conceded those extra goals... Yeah. And, and I think a couple of them were quite late as well. It's, it, it's not done them any favours at all. And I'd imagine Andy Drury, who we spoke to on last week's show, and he was all confident they were going to start. But I imagine he was unbelievably upset about the, the manner of that defeat and, uh, and the, the, the width of the scoreline in there, because he would have known that every goal is crucial at this stage. And, and you don't want to be relegated on bloody goal difference, do you? I suppose they could all end up with 33 points these sides at the bottom and the goal difference comes into play yeah I suppose I didn't really think about that the late, late goals they conceded against Ramsgate if it was you know you know 2-1 or 3-1 your goal difference looks a little bit better and then you've got a chance if, if you win 2-0 the other team loses 2-0 you're in so yeah the, all, they've got, all they've got to do first of all is beat Lansing and hope somebody else can do the Herne Bay can do Whitstable a favour um, but again Phoenix Sports have got into a good position and they'll be fighting for their lives as well. So, and Lansing. So it, it's come right down to the wire. And I'm, I'm sure the um, Ispian League's absolutely delighted with the fixtures that have popped up the final day. Yeah, I'm sure they are. We'll be keeping a close eye on that at the weekend. Now, Hardtown lost both of their games over the weekend, but their safety is secured thanks to other results. Well, Sevenoaks Town are up to 13th place after their excellent run under Harry Hudson continues. Faversham also had a good weekend with six points, while Corinthian collected four and will finish no lower than eighth in their first season after promotion. Ramsgate will finish sixth, while Sitting One of ECD are ninth and tenth going into the final weekend. We say it's about other leagues as well, Matt, but next season's It's Me and South East could be absolutely fascinating, couldn't it? Yeah, look, I think there's a stat on Twitter that came out about Seven Oaks that since he, Harry Hudson was appointed, they were the number one form team throughout the division. So, um, again, a little bit of controversy when he went there, but clearly the right decision. Um, and if you if you're ending the season as you start next season as well, you've ended this season. Seven Oaks will be one of the favourites to get promoted. I'm sure he'll be tinkering with the squad as well, but he's done a really good job. There, Harry Hudson. Corinthian, fantastic for them. Ramsgate, if they can keep Steve Lovell, will they be up there? Plus the sides that miss out on the playoffs as well. So, should be in a really exciting division, particularly with Sheppey and Chatham in there. This will be a, a really good division next season as well. Yeah, and I'm also looking as well to see where Beckenham might end up. And by my reckoning, if Merston were to be relegated uh, from the Eastman League Premier Division, we'll discuss all this later on. I think Merston go in the South Central and that frees up a space in the South East and Beckenham could come into it as well. It's going to be a tough old division next season. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, keenly contested games. And, and uh, you know, this season's not over yet. There's still twists and turns to come, but we shall see how that pans out over the course of next year, I suppose, actually thinking about it. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great league. Have a look at all the results over the weekend on the Eastman League website. The season ends this weekend. Ashford at home to Whitehawk. Ramsgate at Richardchester, Cray Valley at home to Faversham, Seven Oaks away to Champions Hastings, VCD travel to Haywards Heath, it's Hyde against East Grinstead, Phoenix against Herne Bay, 
City one host Corinthian, and as we've already discussed, the bottom two meet at the Belmont when Whitstable take on Lansing. We're trying to focus on what can be decided this weekend, so let's move back to the scaffold, but this time the Premier Division, where the title will go to either Sheffield United or Chatham on Saturday. The Ice have got the advantage by two points, but any slip up from them at home to bottom of the table, Tower Hamlets could let in Chatham, who have a far superior goal difference, and they travel to Irith Town. The Chats won 7-0 at home to deal on Easter Monday, taking their goal difference to over 100, uh, while Sheppey rattled in their 100th goal of the league season when they won the Battle of the Battens 5-1 at K Sports. Now, I don't mean to say anything against Tower Hamlets, but if they get any sort of result against Sheppey at the weekend, I would go as far as to say that would be the biggest shock result uh, that we've seen this season on the Kent Only podcast. Um, I'll be... You mentioned earlier that where would the the, uh, scaffold be delivering the trophy to? Would they be going between places? If I was to scaffold, I would probably deliver it to Sheppey and leave it on the table there. I'll be absolutely amazed. And I'm not doing it. Well, Tarramley is on the Kent side, so I'll be absolutely amazed. Sheppey will put them to the sword. Um, they've only won three games this season. They've conceded 116 goals. Sheppey have scored 101 goals. I'm expecting an absolute battering by Sheppey against Tower Hamlets. And um, you've got to feel for, Chat- for Chatham who will score over 120 goals have an old goal difference likely of plus or more than 100 100 points in the thing and don't win the league but shows the quality of these two sides so um, um, yeah even with your £50 free bet I wouldn't put it on um, uh, Tower Hamlet's at all on that yeah they've been playing it down Sheppey oh it's a difficult game but you know they could get 10 against them arguably couldn't they John they could. They, they, they really could. But, I mean, it, I suppose it could, the only thing would be if the pressure got to them a little bit, they know they've got to win the game. But I'm sure uh, that yeah, it's going to be a, a thing. And, you know, whatever does happen on Saturday, both of these teams have been worthy winners of this league. And, and congratulations to them both. And we'll, we'll discuss all the whys and wherefores of it next week. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, if, if I was betting on it, if there were odds around, I'd probably go Sheppy. yeah. Um, lots of goals over the weekend, as per with the most dramatic game coming in the lunchtime derby on Easter Monday, where Tunbridge Wells twice came from behind to beat Rustall 4-3. That leaves Rustall head of Lordswood on goal difference alone as they try to finish second bottom, although neither are likely to be relegated as their points per game should be high enough to earn a reprieve. Uh, both are at home on Saturday, Rustall to Irith and Belvedere and Lordswood against Holmesdale, a game which has a pay-what-you-want offer and kids go free. And mentioning Holmesdale leads us nicely to our next interviewee. A 2-2 draw for 12th place Holmesdale at 14th place, as they were at the time. Fisher is not normally the sort of result that gets any more than a passing mention on this show. But the fourth goal in that game was a milestone moment for legendary striker Andy Constable. Now he's 43, the Holmesdale forwards goal on Saturday was his 400th in senior football. What an achievement from him and exactly the sort of thing that gets you interviewed on this show. So here he is, Holmesdale striker Andy Constable. I'll be honest, this it's one of those things that you never really think about when you start start playing. You don't ever really put a like a, a grand total on where you might finish up. And then, as obviously as I've played through the years um, and gone through the various sort of like the two hundreds, the three hundreds, and then realizing that I was getting close to the four hundred, it kind of gave me a bit more of an incentive to keep playing. I think, um, and yeah, just just pleased to have got there now. Um, obviously, we, we had a couple of seasons that we lost to COVID. Um, which I think has probably helped me play to the age that I'm at. Because if I'd played through those two years, like when I was 41, 42, it might have been a bit bit difficult to get to 
to 43. I mean, it is difficult. It's it's very painful, but um, yeah, it's it's nice to finally get there. Um, I had I had one chalked off a couple of months back when we was away to Beersted, um, which would have been the 400th, which could have been a 96 minute equaliser when we we're actually down to nine men that got ruled out for offside, which was a little bit. Um, yeah, frustrating. I think I got simbined following that incident. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to finally get there. And you said um, on your tweet when you said you got 400, hashtag can I retire now? So is that going to be it, 400 now? Um, uh, well, we've got one game left. We've got finish away at Lordswood on Saturday, uh, which is a quite a big game for those, those guys over there. Um, I'm not going to say it is. Uh, I, I think... A lot of people have always said to me, you should keep playing as long as you can. It's, you're a long time retired. Um, so I think I'll assess it over the summer, really, and see what, what opportunities might arise. Um, I've had a bit of a, a taste of management at Holmesdale, which was very tough. So I'm not convinced I want to go down that road. Um, and yeah, if I get playing opportunity and I, and I can still do it, then I certainly wouldn't rule out trying to go again another season. Um but it is, yeah, I've noticed this year a lot more that it's become more and more difficult to recover um, from games, whether that's from starting a game and coming off or just coming off the bench. Um, it, it does get tougher. Um, I feel lucky to have played to the age that I'm at. at 43 is, is quite good. So um, if if I make that decision to, to finally retire, um, then, yeah, I think my family would be happy. Um, but... Yeah, I'll probably go and do vets or something like that. Maybe straight to super vets. I'm only like a couple of years away from that now. So, <laughs> when you started out, you, you say you obviously never had a goal target in mind. But did, did you always envisage having a long career knocking around in in, in the scaffold and, and other leagues? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I as a youngster, I've never been at a pro club or anything like that. When I started off at Bromley, um, I was just picked out of Sunday football. Um, so I kind of just relished being going from like playing on a park on a Sunday morning with my mates to playing at a club like Bromley and going to to decent ground non-league grounds. Didn't really know much about the non-league scene back then, um, and yeah, just I think because I've I feel really grateful to have played at this level of football um, that I just want to keep it going as long as I can. One thing that I I can't really picture is not being involved in playing football for whatever club that may be on a Saturday or, or the training routine and going going at the start of a start of a season, pre season, so like dreading but also looking forward to going through a pre season. I can't picture not doing that. So it's yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I've kept going really. You're sort of in between mine and Matt's age as the two hosts of the show. So I guess we're probably interested in, in how you do recover and, and, and how much harder it is at forty three than it was at twenty three. Yeah, so like we go back to when you're when you're in your twenties, you're probably playing like a bit of Sunday football as well, and you just play football constantly. Um, so that that you, I stopped doing that when I was about mid mid twenties, like twenty six, twenty seven. So I think that certainly helped. Um, and then yeah, I go through uh, like physio treatments. So I go and see my own private physios as well. Um, I've gone through like acupuncture, something called dry needling, which was horrendous. Um, which I discovered this year just to try and help loosen tension in my calves, which is where I notice I get a lot of problems. Um, and yeah, it is purely, I, I hate missing training. Like I feel like if you're playing for someone um, at this level of football, you're expected and you should be at training. So um, just trying to tone down, I guess, what I actually do it, do throughout tra- a training session as well is, is 
I'm grateful to the managers that I've played for over the latter years that they let me kind of perhaps go a little bit easier than perhaps some some of the other younger players. But certainly, yeah, icing um, and just stretching really is the key. But most people probably tell you my I, I don't particularly run around as much as I used to. Um, being kind of like the the old school target man that I am, so I can get away with it. I think from that aspect that there's plenty of pace around me, then I can still be fairly effective, I guess. How much has, has the game changed since you started playing? That's a great question. Uh, I would say a lot. Um, I think certainly the physicality of the game has changed. Um, that's that's the, the first thing that jumps out at me. And then secondly, I think the style of the game. Um, and I think a lot of that is influenced by higher levels of football that... Um, it, there's a big focus on getting the ball down and playing out from the back even at, at, at our level at step five and below teams want to try and play that way um, when I first started it was all about turning teams 4-4-2 was really the only shape you played you had natural wingers who would put crosses into the box for two strikers and it was normally big man little man um, up top that that seems long gone now um, predominantly a number nine is, is someone that's going to play up top on their own and have to really put in a lot of work rate and you don't really get natural wingers, what I would call wingers, you get high so like in a three, don't you, two, two either side of a main striker. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's, that has been hard to adapt to. Um, when you're when you've played for so long and used to a certain way of playing, it, it can be difficult. But I suppose on the flip side of that, it's also helpful to have, uh, to be able to play in a different style in a different way if you play to my thinks, I guess. So yeah, it's changed a lot. It really has. Um, I can think back to all of the sides that have gone through, like the Kent League, and gone on to to get to like Isthmian level, and they were all really sides that played direct style of football, big strong sides. If you think about like your Ramsgates, your uh, our Whitstable side that won it, um, yeah, there's just a lot of teams there that like Hives, another one. I think all very direct sides. Um, so yeah, changed a lot, definitely. A lovely memento for you as well at the weekend, given to you by by Holmesdale, and I guess you you you've enjoyed playing there as well. Yeah, it's been Holmesdale's been brilliant. I think I've I've I had a couple of spells there, um, totaled around. I've got a hundred appearances from actually this year. Um, so to get that and then get the, I think I've got like fifty five for them or something like that in like about hundred and eight appearances, and to get the four hundred there has been good. Um, they're they're a really friendly, great club. Um, I think they it's a tough it's a tough club it's a tough place for them to be I think because they're in the shadow of obviously Bromley and you've got Cray Wanderers in the area as well but um, it is a good little club run by really good people like a lot of non-league clubs are but yeah I, I feel really uh, feel like it's a good place to uh, to uh, finish up really and, and obviously they've given me the chance to play at step five again after I've played in step six for the last sort of like few seasons so that's been it's been really nice You've mentioned a couple of times. Oh, I've played this many games. Have you got like a, a stats book with all your with all your goals and appearances written down? I haven't got appearances. I've got goals basically. Um, so yeah, it's it's a spreadsheet to be honest. Um, Matt loves the spreadsheet. Started, started way back, yeah. Um, I think most strikers will probably tell you they know they know their tallies. Um, I'll, I'll dig out Paul Vines who. Uh, who's still going and has way outscored me. Um, 
I think he's up to like 626. His, he hashtags every goal that he scores. So fair play to him because that is a ridiculous number, to be fair. Uh, and of the 400, I'm going to put you on the spot now. What, what's been what's been the most important and I suppose what's also been the best? Uh, best, I would have to say, was a goal I scored for Phoenix against Ashford. Um, it was the season before Phoenix won. We won the league at Phoenix. Um, we beat them four three, and it was I think it was like the 90, 92nd minute. Um, we were drawing three all. Long clearance from from a goal kick that was um, I think headed down by Miles Cornwell who was playing with me at the time, and I was about forty yards out. Literally had no energy left in the legs. So I just thought I'd take a chance and hit it like on the half volley. Um, and yeah, that one sailed straight in over Joe Mant. I'm going to mention him as well because I always <laughs> remind him of that when I see him. Um, so that's probably the that's probably the best goal I've scored. Most significant, um, probably when I was at Sheffield, I got a winner in a semi final against here from Belvedere. We won one nil. Um, we went on to win the Kent Senior Trophy that season against Ashford, who were um, a level above us. We were a step six at the time, so that season we clinched promotion from from step six into step five and we, we managed to win the Kent Senior Trophy final at, at Maidstone and I think yeah that semi-final goal was probably probably one of the most significant um, yeah I'd say that one uh, and just finally you, you must be a, a man who's who, the scaffold is, is is close to your heart and you're a bit of a scaffold legend as well so I guess uh, you know it's, it's been a great to be part of your life for so long yeah, it has. It has. It's, it's where I've played most of my football. Um, I played, had a good couple of seasons away in uh, at Thamesmead in the Ryman North, which I enjoyed, and I've played a bit of Ryman football for Wichita and Chatham as well. So, um, enjoyed that. But yeah, always, always uh, the old Kent League and then the Scaffold League now, as it is, um, is, is the place to be, if you ask me. Great that, wasn't it, Matt? And, and, and some achievement from him as well. I, I was listening to that while I was um, cleaning my teeth this morning. Um, that's all I listened to the interviews you did. Great interview. What a man that guy is. I'd like to shake him by the hand. I'd love to know how many clubs he's played for. He, I could probably listen to him for hours about the stories he could tell in football. And when he said he had a spreadsheet of all his goals that he creates, I was like, oh, what a man. Brilliant. What a story. Still going strong. And he mentioned oh, his calves hurt and things like that. But he might give it a little bit more... I'm trying to think. I've I've heard of his name for years and years, um, thing, but still scoring goals at that at 43 playing that. And clearly, though, he's still got the love for it. And again, they say football's a drug, and probably it is for him, isn't it? He he, he can't let go, and why should he let go if he still can do a job? No, absolutely not. And and he's I mean he's played for so many different clubs. I'm, I'm just, I've got a list up in front of me. Bromley. Uh, he's played for Rustall, he's played for Tunbridge Wells, he's played for Sheppey United. I, I was almost going to say to him, oh, I've got more, uh, Whitstable, Sevenoaks, uh, Chatham, Thamesmead, Phoenix Sports, Irithan, Belvedere. Uh, I was always going to say to him, can you remember every club he played for? But then when he said he had a spreadsheet of all his goals, he probably remembers every club he scored against. Um, never mind that. But it, it's an incredible, incredible achievement. And, you know, I thought it was really interesting. He said, you know, I, I've had a bit of management coach I don't think that's for me but I just I, I need football in my life um and and you know even even when he does stop playing at, at scaffold level I'm sure he's going to be playing uh in whatever capacity he can manage to find and uh yeah that was a a, a brilliant interview thank you so much to Andy for his time uh with that but I've got to say Matt 
dry needling. I looked that up after you mentioned it. That that doesn't sound like fun. Yeah, I know people who might I think my mother-in-law's had some sort of she had problems and various bits and pieces of acupuncture and things like that. It didn't seem to be good, but clearly is his own physio. Um, yeah, I think football football is a I think football if once it's in your blood, I mean people like him still playing, still having the hunger, it must be difficult to let go. Um and I don't think he wants to let go and scoring goals at the level back in the scaffold, you know, still get still can still get the magic. And I don't know what he said as well. He thought he had his four hundred goal, had a go at the lines were disallowed. And he was simbing and he still got that passion. That's what I love about it. And and more importantly as well, he said it's it's um, not as physical as it was before. Basically, four four two all the way. He was the target man, little man, big man. I'm sure he I'm sure he loved it when he was doing then. You could put yourself around a bit, but fantastic career and keep going, Andy. Keep going, keep going. That spreadsheet. And if you have got the spreadsheet you want to send to me, get send it to John and pass it on because I'll be hours milling over all that, all those stats you've got. I absolutely would adore looking at that. Yeah, I mean, it is a heroic effort for, from him to still be going uh, yeah. at, at 43. And it, what he did say was, uh, you know, I wasn't in the in the system as a youngster. And I genuinely do think that not being in the system as a youngster kind of does give you that longevity. Because you look at Andy Hessenthaler, who played on till he was, what, 45, something like that in the Football League? And I think that that was because he came into the Football League late. And I think, you know, if you've, if you've not had that grounding of, of being in a, professional academy or whatever as, as they are now or YTS as it would have been back then I, I kind of think that that gives you that little bit of hunger and desire and and you know I think Hessenthaler had that as he went through his playing career and, and I think Andy Constable has still got that desire and, and you know it was, it was I, I just like you say I could listen to that for ages as well it was fascinating hearing him talking about you know the differences the way life the way things have changed you know, Probably when he started scoring his goals, the iPhone hadn't even been invented. Well, definitely the iPhone hadn't been invented. Well, and it now... must have been the previous century, John, when he started scoring goals. That put that Probably. In yeah. Wow. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And what I think you said there, sometimes, I think when you see these people coming from the academies and things like that, maybe they're, they're overtrained and haven't got that little bit of spark that should, you know, at certain places, you haven't got it. You just enjoy your football. You can do that bit of magic it can really work and i'm absolutely bit brilliant interview that one of my favorite interviews of the season that was so his passion came out john and that's that's all you can ask for that's what i think yeah and again the the, the other point as well kind of the academy thing and stuff like that if you're an academy player you've had the experience of being at an academy and you end up playing for a team in the isthmian league i guess you kind of have a different view of someone who's worked hard to get up to the isthmian league if that makes sense, I'm not yeah. saying that players who drop down have got a bad attitude when they come down. But if you've n- never had those opportunities and this is the best level you think you're ever going to play at, then I guess you have more of an enjoyment from it in some ways. And I think, you know, like you said there, you know, couldn't believe it. I got called out of Sunday League and I'm playing for Bromley. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It shows, we said before, there's players out there who may be falling out of the love with the game as a teenager, come back, enjoy it. They've still got that magic, and, that, and clearly, he got the the hunger and that feel for it of playing on that at a level. You know, I don't want to thought he's made too much money out of it, but clearly, coming from that interview, John, it's not about the money; it's just the enjoyment of playing football, isn't it? It certainly is. Uh, 
Let's just run through the final day fixtures in the Scaffold Premier Division. Don't forget to tot up how many goals you think there will be in order to be in with a shout of winning our Paddy Power competition. Uh, Beersted host Hollands and Blair, Canterbury at home to Punjab, Deal host Crowborough, Irith Town against Chatham Town, Fisher meet K-Sports, Glebe at home to Kennington, Lordswood meet Holmesdale, Russell host Eric's, Irith and Belvedere, Sheppey United meet Tower Hamlets and Wellingtown meet Tunbridge Wells. Uh, over to the Combined Counties League Premier Division South where Beckenham's promotion their first in Andy Constable's lifetime, it was 44 years ago, their last one promotion, uh, was confirmed with a 4-0 win at Redhill on Wednesday. A 3-0 victory home to Guildford moved into within a win of the title, but defeat of Rains Park Vale on Monday means that the wait goes on for their first title since 1928. Uh, with Walton Hersham not playing on the final day, the equation is simple for the Becks. The win on Saturday home to Camberley and the title is theirs. I'm planning on being there to see it. My first and probably only combined counties league game. Uh, and Matt, it would be a great way for them to cap off their season with the trophy. Yeah, um, we've had them on a few times. They said they went over to that division. Um, did they want it? Look at it now. It's probably a wise decision because definitely three into two wouldn't have gone into the scaffold. So, yeah, they're going to achieve that aim. Let's hope they can um, be in the, uh, hope as you said earlier, Ryman Southeast next season and really uh, put the cat amongst the pigeons to see who the best sides are out of the three of them. But yeah, fantastic achievement. They're going to achieve it again. Had some ups and some downs and disappointments, but they've managed to get through it. And um, their visit to the combined counties was very short, which is good to see. Yes, it certainly was. The other league that we cover, which comes to a conclusion on Saturday, is the East Mini Premier Division. But sadly, none of our teams will be leaving it in an upwards direction after Folkestone's bank holiday defeat to Margate ensured Neil Cugley's men will finish outside the playoff places. Uh, Gate enjoyed back-to-back wins over the Easter weekend, having been soundly beaten in the Velocity Trophy final last midweek. And I think, Matt, for both Margate and Folkestone, this season's been a case of so near, yet so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I think probably... Um, from a Folkestone point of view, probably what, November, December time, we thought, oh, they're going to be the side that, you know, compete with Worthing and go on and maybe even win the division. I think they'll be disappointed um, where the way it's gone. But, you know, the cup runs they've had, the trip to Wrexham, overall, it's a good season for them. They'll be disappointed they haven't reached the playoffs. But they'll go again next year under Neil Cugley. I think for Margate, um, I think they'll be one of the sides up there next season. I think Jay Saunders has managed to get a lot of the players for net from tied down for next year. He'll do some business in the transfer market. Um, and I think Margate will be one of the, the, the sides to watch out for next season under Jay Saunders. Good thing about Margate as well, over the years, since they've had the three jits, their home record wasn't particularly good. But they've won 12 games at home this season. Um, and there seems to be a bit of togetherness between the, the club and the supporters, which maybe hasn't been there before. And yeah, I think Margate will be delighted with that. Eighth finish, Jay Saunders would have probably taken your hand off at the start of the season when he's chopping and changing his squad, got to the cup final. But I think um, I think they, they can be um, rightfully pleased at a good season for them and definite optimism for Margate for next season. Cray Wanderers still battling away at the foot of the table. They drew 3-3 with Enfield on Friday to move out of the bottom two. We expect the bottom... We expect two to go down from that division. Uh, Craig Wanderers currently in action against the team directly above them, East Thurrock. And the good news is, if you're a Craig Wanderers fan, at a half-time, Craig Wanderers are two goals to the good in that game. Tough game for them, uh, Craig Wanderers at Bishop Stortford on Saturday. Although their opponents, who should finish in second place, uh, ended that long run clean sheets with a 1-0 loss at Chesson on Monday. Uh, folks who finished the campaign at Harrogate Borough, Margate wrapped things up at Kingstonian. Uh, if Craig Wanderers hold on, Matt, 
if they don't, I'll edit this out. But if Cray Wanderers hold on to that, uh, that would be absolutely huge for them, wouldn't it? Looking at the league table now, 2-0 up. They would probably, should just be about right, shouldn't they? They should, um, they know we think in third from bottom, they do, should might not have an issue, would it? Anyway, a win for that, they should be okay. And Neil Smith would have done the job that he came in for. Um, he would have achieved it. So, again, if you look at Craig, they have conceded a lot of goals this season. Um, so, defensively, um, I think uh, they need to be on, on path. Hopefully, for they've done that in the second half. and done it. But then they can forget about this season and go again next season again. Will Neil Smith be in charge? We don't know. But the aim of saying that would have been achieved. Yes, it would be it would be a good achievement because they've had a tough run of fixtures and they didn't necessarily have a great start uh, to life under Neil Smith, yeah. but looking good for them at this exact moment in time. The top two leagues in the pyramid still have a fair way to go. And of course, the big news, and we mentioned it earlier in the show, as we sit here on April the 20th, Dover Athletic finally have the number of points that everybody else started with. After ending their long run without an away win by winning 2-1 at Boreham Wood, uh, they then followed that up with a heavy home loss to Woking. Uh, but Matt, at least you won't be the side who ended the season on negative points now, will you? Yeah, that is, that's pleasing. Um, apparently we performed pretty well. I didn't go to Boreham Wood, decided against it. Um, a good performance. Um, lest we won't talk about Monday's performance because it was probably one of the worst of the season. Yeah, we've got there. Um, Arguably two home games left, three home games left. Notts County on Tuesday. Use your, use your £50 bet if you win that to put a bet on that one. I would have thought Notts County, not the biggest fans of Dover, want to get in the playoffs. It'll be a tough game for Dover. Um, so they've got other two home games. They've got a chance of winning. They've got Altrincham at home and Weymouth who are coming down as well at home. So I'm hoping that at some point we can get into the mythical plus points. But then as soon as that happens, we can forget about this season and look forward to next season, hopefully, because that um, hasn't been the, the most enjoyable. And I'm lucky I've seen one win this season. But, you know, you're going out, you know, it was men against boys on Monday and that's not good to see, really. Not much enjoyment out there. No, Bromley ended their winless run with a 2-0 success at Eastleigh on Friday, but were then held by Maidenhead at home on Monday. They head to Boreham Wood on Saturday and then host Aldershot in their game in hand on Tuesday. Nine points, though, a lot to make up at this stage of the season. I think they've got to win every single game. Uh, they've got some big games as well coming up against playoff sides as well. I think Chesterfield, haven't they, coming up? So um, they've got to, yeah, they've got to win every single game. And um, I think Louis Dennis is injured as well, which is a bit of a blow for them. I think I read on social media. So yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, they've had a good season. They've got to Wembley, but will they look at it as would they prefer the playoffs or another trip to Wembley? That's the question. Yes, time will tell. Dover, just for a laugh, play Chesterfield, not counting this week. Simple. Uh, I wonder what time the latter of those two games will get called off, Matt. Well, it, it's, the, it's the Champions League doubleheader against Notts County because you're playing them on the Tuesday. I'll be, if, if Dover beat Notts County on Tuesday, I'll be surprised. Yeah. I think Notts County are going to beat them from there. Um, and then we've got playing them in the doubleheader. So, um, on the following Bank Holiday Monday. So, yeah, a difficult week for Dover from there. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a difficult few games. Yes. Uh, that just is with the National League South, where Maystone took a giant step towards promotion with a massive, massive win at Dartford on Monday. It looked like the toughest fixture of their running. After a tight battle, they emerged victorious, even despite Jack Barron missing a penalty. With four games to go, the Stones now know that three wins will confirm their promotion back to the National League. A huge result for them at Dartford, wasn't it? 
Oh, massive. And every time I think, oh, they're going to slip up, they're going to slip up, especially after they lost to Dorkin. Um, they've managed just to keep rolling it over and picking up performances. The last six games, they've won every single one. Um, at the moment, they des- they're going to be the side that deserves to go up. Looking at the fixtures, I think they've got Hemel away on Saturday, Chelmsford at home, Welling away, and then Hampton at home. Um, I can't see them dropping enough points for Dorking. So um, the most important thing is that we, hopefully, from a Kent point of view, we haven't lost a National League side because Dover will be replaced by Maidstone. And I think Maidstone can now can regroup from next season, regroup next season and become a decent side at that level as well. So, and, and, and you know, it's amazing what you can do when, you know, you can see on social media, everybody's behind the club. Um, a fantastic result. And Hakenay Retton has done a brilliant job. Yes, Dartford did win at Billericay uh, on Good Friday, but they've been leapfrogged by Ebbsfleet, who up to third place after 2-1 wins for them over Dulwich Hamley and Concord Rangers. At Tumbridge Angels are three points from mathematical safety after drawing 1-1 at, Tum- at Dulwich Hamley on Monday, having lost at home to Slough on Good Friday. That seems as Welling United are headed down to see them on Friday in their game at Eastbourne Borough. They were dead and buried at half-time, but just like the main man did at Easter many moons ago, they staged an unbelievable comeback. One which took them off the foot of the table. Here's the thoughts of Warren Feeney after that 3-3 draw. Look, it's it's nice to take a point, but uh, I told the players at half-time it was probably one of my loudest team talks I've ever done. Um, you know, as a player, I responded to, to managers, you know, having a go at me, and I thought today that the first half performance wasn't acceptable. Um, you know, we sat up in a formation where I think in the first 10, 15 minutes we were trying to frustrate them because they have a very good record here. And you could see they were hitting long balls, but you look at the goals we conceded in the first half, for me, they are totally unacceptable. Um, so there's a few home truths told at half-time and full credit to the players. You know, we're a team bottom of the league. It's hard to win games, but to come back 3-0 down um, and take a point. And as I said, if there's probably another five minutes, we probably would have went on to win the game. But um, listen, I'm pleased with the reaction. Um, but, you know, we're not going to get carried away. You know, it's a point further to where we want to go. And, uh, you know, full credit to the players today. Unbelievable pair of goals as well from, from, from Dippo. He's, he's come up time and time again. And, and that third goal is, is, is worthy of getting a point in any game. No, look, you know what? Since I've come in, Dippo's been top class. Um, look, he's got to return, what, I think it's is it 18 goals now. He's hit this season, 19 goals. Whether Dippo stays, whether he doesn't, you know, with working with him, he's got a great attitude. The boy and I said that to him out there. I said, look, all you can do is play for you, play for us, but play for yourself as well. I know what it's like. I'm sure he'll want to go and better himself. Um, you know, no matter what happens, whoever's here, if I'm here, I'd love to keep him. But I know whenever strikers are scoring goals, it's it's difficult. But, you know, not just him. I feel for Barnsley as well. Barnsley's come into the squad and he's, his attitude's been top class. But, you know, all of them today... You know, the second half is the standard that I want at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, it, it makes Monday a good game for us now to go and have a have a good go to a very good side. Obviously, the, you said you, you had hard words at, at half-time. Is that the hardest word you've had to deal with since you've been here? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's it's hard because you don't want to... I don't want to have a go at the players too much because we've got to keep them. But, but I can't, you know, go at them. But I, I told a few things that I think they needed to hear. Um, but... They give the reaction and say that's the standard and need now to the end of the season. If we play like that on the front foot, you know, 
hopefully we'll be all right. I think it's just pushing them, you know, a few in the last couple of games. Of says they feel tired, they feel they're cramped. For me, it's a weakness. Um, I wasn't brought up in that environment, you know. If you're fit, you're mentally fit, and that's what I'm trying to bring in these players. Obviously, harsh words at half time. But what was the atmosphere like at full time? Everyone must have been on, on, on cloud nine. No, the, the, you know, I said to them, listen, I shouldn't have to come in here and do what I had to do at half time. But full credit to you, you reacted. You got. You got um, the result we wanted, a point. Um, you know, you come to the places like this with a point. Worst scenario, you finish with a point. But, but we'll not get carried away. You know, the big psychological one, as I said to the boys, is to get off the bottom of the table. Um, but we've still a long way to go. Well, sadly, they followed that up with a big defeat at home to Dorking on Monday. But as we speak, they are off the bottom. Uh, and he said there he, he gave them some pretty harsh words at, at, at half time. And to be honest, Matt, they needed them. And to be even more honest, I still have no idea how they got a point out of that. Did they, you know, he said on that, did they not, did not compete, John, or just bullied by Eastbourne, or what was it? They, they just half. were, that they were just outplayed. Um, you know, that Eastbourne just had too much for them. They were dangerous going forward. Welling barely had an attack in the first half um, of any note at all. They couldn't keep the ball. Their their their, their passing was poor. They just they looked like a really poor side in that first half. Um, and, you know, at half time, someone said to me, this is going to be a draw. I'd have laughed in their face. Um, and and then, you know, they got a bit of luck with with one of the with the second goal. But the third goal was absolutely brilliant. Um, but the difficulty for them is that, you know, that they they need to get some more results from somewhere. You mentioned they've got to play Maidstone. You mentioned it. You know, they've got some tough, tough games to come. Billericay just sat their manager as well. Uh, they're still floundering. They're still in their own hands. I, I don't know what to make of any of this. And I wonder, whichever one of these two sides actually finishes next to bottom and stays up, would you really celebrate? Because it's just a, oh, it's been an awful season for, for, for Welling. And, you know, I, my only hope is that they do stay up, that Warren Feeney gets the chance to to try and build something uh, next season and, and just has a, a, a bit of a, a, a restart there. Because... You know, they can't go on like they have done today at the moment. I mean, you know, 3-0 down at half-time at Eastbourne Borough, they got heavily beaten by Dorking Wanderers. And, and you know, they didn't look nationally South Standard for, for the first half. They, they did show a lot of spirit in the second half. And I, I really, really hope they can get out of it. But it's just, it's all just strange, isn't it? Yeah, well, in any normal season, they'd have been gone by now, wouldn't they? You know, a normal three down, four down. Um, uh, but again, with their increase in the, um, the number of teams in the division, they're going to be only one going down. And you've just got to take that if that comes your way um, from that point of view and try and forget about this season if they can do. So clearly, if Warren Feeney's in there and he keeps them up, it's a bit of credit for them for the position they were in. But I think probably um, a massive overhaul will be need to be done. Um there was rumours that maybe some extra funding's coming in at Welling and maybe that it could be a, a totally different place next season. But they've got four games to go. Um, and all, all they just be worried about is Billy Ricky's results, isn't it? Billy Ricky sacked their manager, hoping for the new, new manager bounce. Could happen and they could be trouble because they've got to play Maidstone, which will be tough for them. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a strange one. Well, I mentioned Folkestone, all, to me, are always... Uh, you know, a, a Ryman Premier, an Eastman Premier League club, Welling, have always been a, you know, either National League 
or National League South, going to the other level, first time in many years, if this happens, will be a blow to the club as well, because over the years they've been really well run um, and played at a higher level. So they don't want to they don't want to go down to that level. So they've somehow I've got a bit of confidence in Warren Feeney because what he's done before, somehow he's just got to get better confidence in the players. And with Dippo um, Akiemi up front, they've always got a chance because I think as you what, probably what you saw, John, he's probably too good for them, isn't he? Quite class, a class above. Yeah, glass above. He's a very, very, very good striker at that level, and and you know he said he kind. I didn't even ask him if Dippo was going to stay. He just said, "Well, you know, it's out of my hands, isn't it?" Um. So yeah, he's he's obviously uh, that's playing on their minds as well. But yeah, he was exceptional. Uh, their best player by a mile on Saturday. Well, so again, Friday. Sorry. From what I've seen of him before, if Dover are going to be successful, that's the kind of player they need to try and get hold of next season. If, but again, I think um. Somebody might give him a chance at the um, National League level as well, because I think if, if you give him the chances, he will score goals. So, interesting. He's going to be the key man. If he if he can fire as he has done, um, which when he know he, what he can do, um, they can. He could be the difference. This weekend, Maidstone go to Hemel Hempstead. At- Welling at home to Haven at Waterlooville, Dartford at home to St Albans, and it's Tunbridge Angels against Ebbsfleet United. And that battle for third between Ebbsfleet and Dartford is it's, it's pretty important, isn't it? Because we, we have to remember that finishing third is a big advantage in the playoffs because it means you you skip a round, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does mean. And my concern as well, John, is the way that Haven and Waterlooville, big spending Haven and Waterlooville, have snuck into the playoffs a few weeks ago. Um, they were they were out of the picture, maybe because other teams have sort of stuttered a little bit. They've moved into those playoffs, and if you're um, playing against finish fourth and playing against having a Waterlooville, that could be a tough game. So, I think it's big that either side did. Absolutely, seems to be the team in form. Three wins in the spin, um, coming from behind to win as well, which I think would be pleasing for them. Um, yeah, it's, again, they've got their own little battle going on. Um, to see what they can do. And again, at the moment, I couldn't call it um, for where they should go. Yeah, interesting. Having a Waterlooville did win uh, on Monday. They scored three goals in the last nine minutes against the eight men uh, of Eastbourne Borough. So, oh, but uh, Eastbourne, they've got that guy, Kendall, who's supposed to be really, everybody's looking at him. Any good? He's very good. He well, People can look at him all they want. He, he already has signed for Lincoln City. Um, so he oh, will he? be leaving them. Yeah, so uh, I think Lincoln bought him in January. Uh, paid right. a fee. I'm told there's a sell-on clause in it as well. Um, and he's been back on loan at Eastbourne, I think, if, uh, effectively. Uh, I think he's got 25 goals. He's he, he's a proper handful, and I'm sure he will go on to have a, a, a good career. He's an Eastbourne lad. That's why he's at Eastbourne Borough. He's been at QPR as well. Uh, but, yeah, he is Lincoln-bound, and he is a proper handful. Uh, that's pretty much it then for the football chat. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's back tonight, Matt. That's exciting, isn't it? Is it? On what, on E4? E4 starts at nine o'clock. Does it? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh well, I didn't know that, but I will. What I will watch that tomorrow, the final series with my daughter. She'll be absolutely over the moon. We were having the discussion the other day why hadn't it not appeared, but now we can definitely watch that. Fantastic! That's made my day. That is so. From that, I have been watching a little bit of telly. Um, I've watched Hacks, which is a American com- comedy, American com- comedy about American comedian, which was quite good with Gene Smart. I quite enjoyed that. And apart from that, I'll continue to go through Frasier. And even though I've seen it a hundred times before, it does make me laugh each time I watch it. Um, but apart from that, I said it, I, I, 
I suppose you haven't watched the, the canoe man because everybody's going on about that, haven't they? I've got it taped. Uh, we're just we've got a bit of a backlog of dramas at the moment, so we've got a few uh, in the can. We've watched one the last couple of days, uh, which was quite good. Uh, no return. It was on ITV. Uh, earlier in the year so we've got a bit of a backlog of dramas but we will watch the canoe man because funny enough uh, when we went up to darlington back in february we went to seaton carew uh, and Haley had never really heard of the story and i was like this is where the canoe man was and she was like what are you talking about so we had to so we were looking it up and, the, and there you go so uh, yeah and to make the brooklyn 99 news even better for you matt double header tonight wow so you've gone from having no episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine to you're going to have two in like an hour's time will be available. Oh, well, yes, I, I will have to what that will be tomorrow night's viewing. I would have thought then Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think it's a short series, but yeah, I'm surprised it didn't appear on um, Netflix or something like that. But that, oh, that's made my day, that has, mate. Brilliant. Fantastic yeah. news. Good, and, no worries. I'm happy and, to help. And the long, hard season slowly coming to an end. Um, there's still plenty of twists and turns to go. And people can win a fifty free fifty pound bet. Doesn't Absolutely. get much better on the Kenton Log podcast, does it? No, it doesn't. No, go back to the start of the show to listen to the the terms and conditions again uh, for the bet. Basically, guess how many goals are going to be in a scaffold. Let us know on direct message on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, anyway, thank you everyone for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter at Kenton Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kenton Only Podcast. I am at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, do give us a follow. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, as always uh, yeah thank you to all of our guests for their time this week really really enjoyed those interviews absolutely brilliant uh, all of them especially Andy Constable I, 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 Matt liked that one so that was that more than pleased me uh, but yeah good luck to everybody who's, who's fighting for something this weekend some of our teams are going to lose out and not get what they want so commiserations if you don't get that but massive good luck to every single person ahead of the season it's, it's end of season awards as well so you know, players might be getting their individual gongs as well. So good luck to everybody uh, as the season comes to a close this weekend for a lot of our clubs. And of course, the playoffs next week. Uh, keep an eye on our social media for the fixtures and we'll be back to discuss them next week on your Kent Only podcast. My tip for the betting, go high because the scaffold loves a goal. There you go. Go high or go home.